Welcome to the Eat Local CNY podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, my guest is Glenn, the man in charge of roasting all that delicious coffee over at the Cracked Bean Roastery. Thank you so much for checking out the Eat Local CNY podcast. As you know, we're right in the middle of our Coffee Roasters Month here on the podcast and really excited to continue it on and release this episode where I got to sit down and talk with Glenn. Really cool guy, great conversation, know you're going to love it. So make sure that you hit that subscribe button and then leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the local CNY podcast. It means so much in the podcasting world to get those reviews. So do us a favor, leave a review, whatever platform you're listening to this on. We have a number of events coming up. And really one of the most important ones I can think of is our dinner this Thursday night at 5.45 p.m. located at Kasai Ramen. The concept is every month we go out to dinner. We have a meetup.com group. If you know what meetup.com is, then you know what that is. And if you don't, then you don't. So head over to meetup.com. And it's just this website where a bunch of different groups around a number of different subjects can get together and whatever. So we have a dinner group there. And every month we have anywhere from 10 to 25 people attend whatever restaurant we're going to. And it's fun. Everybody pays their own bill. There's no special dinner. It's not like a three-course tasting menu. It's not an educational thing. It's very simply just a night for us to go to a local restaurant and show them some love. We go during the week where we think it's going to be an off night for them. And again, the main purpose of this is just to bring them some business that they wouldn't typically have. So this Thursday night, we're doing that. And we just want to pack out Kasai Ramen just to show them some love and some support from the community. So if you can make it, please join us. Call the restaurant. Make a reservation this Thursday, 5.45 p.m. Just come out and have dinner. That's all we ask. We have a networking event coming up in January. You can head over to our Facebook page and get more information about it. But it's with Coach Michael Scro, such a great person for our community here in Syracuse. You don't want to miss this event. Head over to our Facebook page where you can find out all of the events that we have going on. Also in February, we are throwing a big leap year party at Wolf's Beer Garden with open bar and live music and the SU game. And tickets are 40 bucks. You can head over to eatlocalcmy.com and pick yours up today. If you didn't know, we have a texting group. This is like kind of a super fan thing. We released the podcast early on there. We let you know about our events before anybody else on there. We also send out special discounts that restaurants are running just for our texting group. One of those discounts was a buy one, get one free donut at Glaze to Confuse. Coming up, they're going to be doing a double Eat Local CNY coupon night. So basically, you spend $25, get $10 off your bill at Limp Lizard. So make sure you join our texting group. The number is 315-284-5855. Just send me a text there. We'll add you to the list. There's only a limited number of people that we can have on there, so make sure that you are one of the few, 315-284-5855. Well, without further ado, here's my conversation with Glenn from the Cracked Bean Roastery. Let's, uh, I mean, let's jump into it. So you started, I, I was reading a little bit on the website. Um, well, how did you first start getting into like roasting your own coffee? So probably 15 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I came across some green beans. I forgot how I got them. I've done cast iron skillets. Mm-hmm. 
I've done the, uh, what's it like? I think it's an SR 500 little air popper. Oh, and yeah. I upgraded to the, my mom's old, uh, popcorn popper <laughs> and played with that. And then life got busy as life does. And I kind of stepped away from the coffee thing. And I was, by, by that time, my coffee taste levels were like, I like Dunkin' Donuts, you know? <laughs> and I was like, all right. Cause I never had the success in those other devices as I I've done later in life. Um, then I came back to it after I finished college and I got, you know, um, involved with software and technology hmm. i came across a hot top roaster and i was like eh, it was a 1500 bucks i'm like oh, i don't know man this is a lot more than a popcorn roaster <laughs> and then i saw i could plug it into my computer and it was game on i was like well i can collect the data <laughs> so i i got the the roaster coming and i started googling around and i found uh artisan scope which is an open source software hmm. uh for roasting software oh cool and i always support open source software i believe in it i believe it's honestly more secure but that's yeah. a whole other conversation <laughs> for another podcast um, and so I hooked it on and it's amazing to me. And I still laugh to this day, my $1,500 hot top roaster. I, th- I got that K plus model. Um, I plug into artisan. I have full automation hmm. if I wanted to it. It just, wow. that's a just thing that makes me laugh. Cause it's a $5,000 upgrade for most other roasters, <laughs> if not more. And I remember I ordered, I came across sweet Maria's cause they are the place to go when you're a home roaster yeah. online. Um, and I ordered my first bag of Costa Rican. I put it in a roaster. Mm. I just used the standard profile. Mm. I watched the graph go up. I waited three days to drink it. And uh, I made a pot. And it was the best coffee I ever drank. Wow. And so uh, that's where I originally started. That's where I got the bug. And I started giving away the coffee. And um, uh, the only drawback to my hot top was I could only drop about two roasts an hour. You know, mm. I half pound roast. had to let it cool down. It's not a commercial machine. It's a prosumer machine, as I refer to it. Yeah. And um, I had a lot of friends that wanted coffee, and I started finding myself on Saturdays and Sundays <laughs> sitting around just, you know, throwing a roast in whenever I could just to keep up with demand, <laughs> which eventually led me off to uh, buying a small commercial roaster, two kilo Ambex. Hmm. And uh, how much was that thing? Uh, I think new. They're like eight or nine grand. Wow! I bought one used. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got it from a local roaster that was looking to upgrade. And I, what I liked about it was he let me spend some time on it. He talked me through it and he promised me that if I had disassembled it, he would show up one day and help me put it back together. If I couldn't figure out where all the pieces went. And after he said that I was sold. So I moved it into my garage and, uh, I had it hooked up. I'd opened my back door of my garage up. I had a dryer vent duct out. I had my laptop hooked to the roaster and I started roasting. And I bought my first bag of a full bag from an importer, Costa Rican coffee, uh, and uh, I had 150 pounds to drink, hmm. but at the time I loved it. You know, when we got to the end of the 150 pound bag. My taste buds were like, I need something different, <laughs> but I, I do love the uh, Costa Rican coffee. Yeah. And so, um, kind of moving through my timeline yeah, and, man. uh, I ended up started giving away coffee because as I, we were talking earlier, but I'll repeat it for the podcast yeah. was I was just giving the coffee away. Cause I, I really enjoy just roasting coffee. Hmm. It was a really peaceful time to step away from the other strains of life, my other careers. Hmm. And I end up sitting there and have 20, 30, 40 pounds of coffee. Hmm. And it's just, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. I can't drink it all. <laughs> so I started giving it away. Then people were like, hey, we'd like to buy your coffee. And I was roasting out my garage. I'm like, I know this is not legit. <laughs> so I looked around and I found a legitimate garage to rent and, you know, got it certified and approved by Ag and Markets to yeah. roast coffee, bag coffee, sell coffee. And that's kind of how the crack bean roastery started. Hmm. That's wild, man. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's been a passion. It's not, it's not a drive it doesn't feel like a drive to me where I've had it in other businesses where you got to grind it away, grind it away. Yeah. And I'm just having fun. And, yeah. uh, hmm. as Michelle, the owner of the crack bean roastery says, and also my girlfriend, mm-hmm. which is sometimes the hardest boss to work for. <laughs> uh, she said, we roast coffee the way we like to drink it. Yeah. And I agree with that. 
I'm not, I, maybe I'm a selfish roaster, but I like to roast what I like to drink. Yeah. And I think there's enough people in the world that everybody is, you're always going to have fans of your styles. Yeah. Every, every roaster I know has a different style and they're always going to have their fans. I truly love the way they roast. And I have my fans that like the way I roast. And I think that's mm. one of the greatest things about coffee is we could all take the same bean and we could all produce something different. Yeah. That's wild. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew like you could, like you could choose to like make it like a light or a dark, you know, you could roast it shorter or whatever. Um, but I didn't know that there was like, I thought it was just kind of, uh, you either pull it at this time and temperature or you don't, you know? So there's definitely a standard, what I would call a, a roast curve. And you could just kind of generically go, you drop your coffee and every roaster is a little different. So you drop your coffee at say 400 for a normal washed coffee. Um, your coffee curve is going to drop down, um, which is kind of an illusion. The roaster really isn't getting cooler, but the beans are getting warmer. And, um, that's a bunch of science into that, but I've read about that. I'm not going to try to even <laughs> speak about, but so your coffee temperature drops on your gauges and basically it turns and hit curves. And when curve is when it starts bringing temperature back up. And from that point on, you know, the way you go, you roast, how fast you get to uh, the dry stage, which is about, say, 300 degrees, give or take. Every, like I said, every coffee is different, mm -hmm. you know, depending on your roasting facility. Yeah. The door open, it's cold winter day in yeah. North, central New York. Huh. But and then as you do, it's heat versus time. And depending how long you drag different parts, I drag. That's not really a professionally <laughs> sounding word. But as how you extend your roast yeah. and when you bring it to first crack, how long you have it go through first crack, how far you go beyond first crack, mm. you bring it up to second crack, all can definitely change the flavor of coffee. Mm. Um, I think different people have different sensitivities to it. Yeah. I'll be honest. Um, my sensitivity is probably like a 70% where other guys I know, they're just on it. I mean, those mm. are guys who are certified to yeah. taste coffee which I've, I've met a few of those guys um, who went to competitions. I've known a few roasters into competitions and mm. it's just interesting. It's all different. Yeah. And everybody has their approach. Yeah. The world of coffee is like crazy, 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 crazy. Um, what is it? It's like the second, uh, most, biggest commodity. Yeah. Like second or third. It's, it's tremendous. Yeah, something crazy. Yeah. So I guess it does make sense that there's like this crazy world of coffee and, um, I kind of think like in my head, I'm thinking there's got to be some like, like seediness to the coffee industry somewhere in this world. Right. I mean, there's got to be I'm some, glad like, you had, no, <laughs> there's got to be some fucker over there. That's like, you know, doing a shit and like making millions upon, you know, like the underground world of coffee trading. I'm very skeptic. Right. Of a lot of things. Um, the under, the underground world of fight club and coffee club first rule of coffee club. Um, so not in my world, yeah, right? right? I try to, yeah. I, I try to be a very straightforward person. I believe in being really honest about things. And if yeah. you ask me a question, I'm going to give you an honest answer. And this is a passion. It's not a business I have to drive to survive on. Yeah. So I get to be a lot more freer and I don't have to play games that any other business, not just coffee, would yeah. have to play. Uh, so some things that I wonder about and I don't know, and it's just an honest thing. Yeah. So say I'm going to use fair trade because that's an easy one to pick on. Yeah. Fair trade coffee. The farmer gets a certain amount, so on and so on. Um, with any kind of organization, you have overhead. Yeah. So I wonder, and I, I can't find the numbers, how much money of every dollar actually makes it to that farmer? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I want to be a true believer and believe like 99.9% .9 of every dollar goes there. All right. Um, so I'm not sure if that's the seediness you're talking about or like you thinking like back alley deals. 
I'm sure that there's just like some like coffee mafia, you know, there has to be. I mean, it's such a big Luckily, thing. there's a lot bigger targets in central New York. Yeah, and, for sure, you know, man. Once yeah. I see all the other roasters disappearing, <laughs> yeah. I might have to go underground. <laughs> but so some seediness. I got a, I got one for you that I think maybe will apply. So yeah. um, people who directly import coffee, mm-hmm. that's a that's a strenuous occupation in my mind from what I understand in horror stories I've heard. So when you go, you buy a container of coffee. Hmm. Um, bigger importers, they will go, they will taste random bags because I forget how many bags and bags of coffee are in a cargo container. Hmm. They'll randomly sample out, sample and verify this is the coffee we paid for. Hmm. They'll seal it at port. It'll go ship, get here. They'll sample again. They'll sample at their um, hmm. warehouse when it gets there. And the stories I've heard of like in the middle of it all is like two bags of rocks and who's, who, you know, oh, and, really? you know wow. and they're weighing it down and all kinds of switches on coffee and wow. it, it showed up moldy. Hmm. So I guess when you're sitting... At a coffee producing port, yeah, uh, the roof leaks all over some bags. You're just like, hey, I'm going to shove it in there. I, I guess that. I mean, that's shady. I <laughs> yeah. would never do that. Yeah, for sure. And that sounds like just like a typical day, you know, yeah. <laughs> like like shit like that. I'm sure is going to. Yeah, I'm like wondering if there's like a, like a coffee cartel or something like that. You know, I mean, it's a commodity. Yeah, right. right? It's got to be right. I mean, if we reference The Godfather, yeah. right? Mafia movies. <laughs> olive oil was a business. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's true. one man's olive oil is another man's coffee, I guess. <laughs> yeah, man. So, like, with your palate now for when it comes to coffee, are you like, like, I still don't get a lot of these notes that people, you know, talk about on, like, the coffee label and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, so, if you're trying, well, I guess, first of all, do you drink a lot of coffee that's not stuff you make? I will sample a cup of coffee. Anybody that produces one other than a generic, you yeah. know, corporation, corporate coffee. Yeah. I'll drink it when I need to. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I would try any coffee shop I go to. I will always buy a cup of coffee and try it. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I figured why not? Yeah. I'm not going to sure. be, I like coffee. I want to yeah, try right. everybody's coffee. Yeah. Um, is it like, um, when you're trying to, when you're trying a different roasters coffee, are you thinking to yourself like, you sitting there and like trying to take it in and figure out what's in it and stuff like that, or is it still just coffee? It's, I want to enjoy the experience, okay. and I'm not so caught up. I'm, I'm not doing market analysis or com- yeah, you know, right. competitor yeah, analysis sure. and being like, oh, my God, I think he did this with this and that. <laughs> yeah. um, I've seen people get very protective of the origin of their coffee, mm. though a lot of it, it goes both ways, mm. right? Some roasters will put, I got it from this farm, this place, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then I've seen other people be like, you know, I just have this. Yeah. And, um, they also the way they roasted are very protective. Some yeah. roasters talk about it, some won't. They think it's mm. a, a corporate secret, and hmm. in my opinion, I, I believe a little bit of it is. But yeah, you probably get all the information out of me if you just come in and hung out one day while I roasted <laughs> coffee. I'll just tell you about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and but, so I do try other coffees, and you ask, ask me, I'll go back to it. Uh, the flavors and the notes. Yeah, I said when I drink somebody else's coffee, I just try to enjoy it. I yeah. just want to see what it's like. Um, do I my own coffee? A lot of people cup and. Um, my palate's not developed enough for that. Yeah. Just like wine. Right. I, I you, Wine is good or bad. When I cup, it's good or bad. But there, I mean, there's certain taste sensations. I, I can't analyze all the flavors. You know, mm. that's a that's a skill you train. Yeah. And I have the utmost respect for people that do that. Uh, but for me, when I uh, sample uh, coffee and I cup coffee, mm-hmm. um, basically I fill a cup up. <laughs> I wait, you know, three days, let the coffee air out, mm. make a regular cup of coffee, and I drink it. And I say, all right, you know, this is a little bit dark, a little bit light. Um, I could taste some like a chocolatey notes. I want some more fruity flavor, some more acidity into it. I'll, I'll light roast it lighter, and that, mm. that's how I cup. I cup full cup. I don't cup half cup. That's cool. <laughs> I guess yeah. I, I don't, I don't yeah, have, man. I'll have to think on that one to make it funnier. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. 
That's uh, so you so you you're letting each thing air out for three days. I let the coffee breathe. It drops wow. carbon dioxide out. So okay. if you ever take fresh roasted coffee, put it in a sealed jar. Yeah. You get that pop. Mm. That's the you know CO two coming out of the coffee bean. Okay. Um, you can drink immediately. Yeah. But uh, one of the things I noticed roasting, like one of the learning experiences, was. I roast, you know, four pounds of that Costa Rican coffee back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I'd start in the beginning for day one. I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And um, every day I could tell it got better, it got better, it hit a peak. Mm-hmm. And then it started to deteriorate a little bit. Um, my deterioration, say like a month old, is, you know, I notice it. Other people, I don't believe, will notice it in a general person. You know, another coffee roast, you're used to really fresh coffee. Mm-hmm. Or another person drinking really good fresh coffee all the time, they'd probably notice it. Yeah. But that's a small, small percentage. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really, I can, like, I, I've done that with, like, Kubal stuff before, like, I've been able to say, like, all right, this is, t- like, it's obviously old at that point, but I'm still not into it where somebody, like, I might hit up somebody else's coffee shop, and they'll, they're really into it, and they're like, oh, it has notes of this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and I'm like, oh, great, and I'm, like, going to take a sip, and it's coffee, you know, like, it's hot, delicious coffee. So, that's the pain of being a, a roaster where you put your passion into roasting coffee and it goes off to whoever it goes to and, and they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you could buy the best steak in the world, bring it to your house and I put it in a skillet on a grill and I'm just like, sir, you know, which still <laughs> you can prepare steaks that way. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? It's not flame right. grilled. It's not barbecued. It's not smoked. And yeah. you don't really present the best flavors of the steak. Right. So, but it teach their own, you know, if their customers are happy, they're happy. Yeah. Great. If that's why you enjoy your coffee, I, I'm glad you enjoy coffee. I don't yeah. care how you prepare it or yeah. if I believe you live in the dark ages of coffee, <laughs> but I'm, a, I'm pretty simple with the coffee and I have some mental issues. And one of the <laughs> mental issues, I need to see the oil slick of the coffee. Okay. So I'm a French press guy. Yeah. And even if I do a pour over, I'm using or a Chemex, I'm using a gold filter mm. and that way I still get a little bit of my oil slick. I just need to see the oil slick. Just like <laughs> I, you know. I bastardized my coffee with a little bit of milk and a little bit of sugar. Mm-hmm. It's just something I've always done before I knew any better. And uh, maybe yeah. someday I'll be black coffee and make my life easier. The day where I, you know, <laughs> I make coffee and have no milk. I still drink it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the little things. Um, I think I went off topic. No. Yeah, okay. man. I kind of, my coffee, like I pretty much always drink it black unless it's something cheap. And yes, I am drinking a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee this morning. But you know I what? I don't judge. This is a judgment-free zone. Yeah. Well, it's not my zone, but I assume your zone is. You're right. It is. <laughs> um, we still got a couple minutes before I got to restart that. Um, but it's convenient. And this is the thing that drives me most crazy about third specialty coffee roasters. Third wave. It, yeah. Which, whatever. Um, is the convenience factor. If you put, if you took a specialty coffee roaster and put them in a, like, near a suburb with a drive through window... They would do, in my opinion, and I don't really know much, but they would do t- probably twice as much money as this inconvenient place that you have to drive downtown to get to and walk up to find a parking spot, walk up, you know, like I don't do not understand why everyone is focused on downtown Syracuse and not being convenient for the people in the suburbs. I think it's population density, right? You're looking to open a coffee shop. I will sell more cups of coffee downtown Syracuse. Versus you're probably going to pay more rent for retail space downtown Syracuse. I believe yeah. I haven't done the market analysis on costs versus what I would, sales projections. And yeah. I see a bunch of coffee shops downtown. I have to assume they're paying the bills. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and all these coffee shops are growing and doing well from what I hear. And uh, so I'm assuming, you know, that that's one way of going about it. Yeah. Um, 
when you say the drive through huts, uh, so when I was um, first thinking about doing the coffee business and really getting into it, uh, my girlfriend and I flew out down to San Diego and we drove the coast up to Seattle and um, we stopped at every coffee shop we could find trying mm. out different coffees and um, a lot of great places, a lot of different techniques, a lot yeah. of different ways people present. And uh, I enjoyed it all. Yeah. I, I liked the food that came with some coffee shops, the coffee. Sometimes the food was better than the coffee, but <laughs> I enjoyed the experience. And um, the drive through coffee hut is an interesting thing to me yeah. because I came across Dutch Brothers. Mm. And what Dutch Brothers reminded me of was uh, I grew up on Long Island, so maybe the Long Island people listening will recognize this, but Dairy Barn. Yeah. Dairy Barn was basically a, let's call it a big shed barn. Mm-hmm. And you had drive throughs on both sides. You can go through and get milk, eggs, bread, yeah. the basics, you know. And uh, it was convenience. Like, mm-hmm. I remember my mom driving home, going through a dairy barn to pick up a gallon of milk <laughs> because it was convenient. I'd have to go to Tops or whatever food store it was back. King Cullen was yeah. the Long Island one we went to. I have to walk in, park. So it's convenience. Mm-hmm. And I definitely see how that translated out to Dutch Brothers Coffee yeah. out on the West Coast. They're pretty, I think they're decent size. I, I think they have probably like 20 or 30 locations. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. I'm just guessing. <laughs> but that's what they do. Yeah. So um, we even have a local roaster that does that here. Yeah. Simple roast out in Auburn. I mean, every time I go by his hut, I see lines yes. of cars. He's doing something right. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, man. I yeah. think, I think that's great. I, I agree with your convenience statement. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just going to redo the camera real quick. This camera has a 30 minute cycle. Oh, the SD cards on it. Yeah. So, um, it's Sony camera. I love the camera. I've had it for, I bought it. It's been a little over a year. All of this stuff, I uh, I had the podcasting equipment back when we like kind of when we first started, because mm-hmm. my first thing in higher education was sound engineering. Oh, nice! And um, and so I had like the gear and stuff, but last year I was like Thanksgiving morning watch or going through like all the Black Friday ads, and I was just like, why don't I have like a really nice camera and like start putting out like good content for instead of just taking pictures with my iPhone. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of when all of this started um, and just getting stuff. And I love that camera, but it is primarily a picture camera. Right. You can do great video on it. There's, you know, people who make lots of money making videos, but it's a 30 minute limit. So there are, there's like the next step up that you, you can just go unlimited, but and now every 30 minutes I have to redo it. Just the other day I came across uh equipment list for uh, Rogan's podcast. Mm. And so I'm like, all right, let's see how many millions of dollars this guy spent. And it was actually really yeah. like attain- attainable by the normal person. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've got, um, I'd love to have a Jamie man. You oh, know? right. Yeah. I mean, ideally I would, there's actually a space across the hall. I want to get, that's a little bit bigger than this. Um, but I would love to have like a TV or two. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have another one or two cameras in here and primarily just have somebody that can focus on this. Um, I while don't know I'm, much about the 360 cameras. Yeah. It'd be really cool. Like you could have an oh, interactive yeah. podcast and see what's going on. So that, that you'd be have to cool. be more alert, right? Of like, all right, there's 360 degrees. I better make sure everything's put away. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of a neat, you know, interactive. Yeah. I don't think cool. I've come across one like that, but that might be too much bandwidth, too much storage. Yeah. But Hey, yeah. I hear 5G. It's going to yeah. take care of all of that. <laughs> yeah. man. We're all set. <laughs> yeah. I haven't hit 4K yet. On That camera is still 1080. And so I've heard when you go up to 4K, the file sizes are just crazy. Right. And I, I, so. I have to completely empty the hard drive on my computer um, every like month because of all the 
video that I'm editing. Right. It just all st- traces stay there and it just builds up and Mac. builds up. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a 500 gig hard drive, but I've had to delete completely empty it twice now and I've had it for a month. This sounds about right. Yeah. So getting up to like 360 shit, that would freaking, that would new hard drive. Yeah. That would scream. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I've got this down and I'm sure you probably have it too, like with roasting, but like I've got this down to, it's like muscle memory now. Right. So I know it's like, all right, that's on, that's on, this is on. And I'm not like freaking out. There's a couple in the like early ones where I completely fucked up the video and Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like I mean with roasting it's just like uh uh yeah. yeah. So like you're you started this as kind of like something to like zone out on and kind of chill with and like a hobby. Right. And then the girlfriend took it to a business. Right. Are you the type though um where even as as a hobby you're like obsessed with it? As a hobby, I was more willing to play with things. Okay. Um, and then it's just a matter of time. I still go back to my little hot top and I'll take a new bag of coffee. I have the way I want to roast the profile. But, you know, I'm doing half pound drops on a hot top just to try different things mm. and see, you know, if I find something I really like, then I'll do one batch on a roaster. And if I like it, maybe I'll change it. Mm. Um, I make changes along the way. Yeah. I believe in consistency and I believe in change. So I, I have issues. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, told, I didn't lie when I said I had some issues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So you're from Long Island originally. Oh, yeah. That's North wild. Shore, Nassau County. I would not have guessed that in a million years, but man. The beard and the... <laughs> yeah. Not really flannel. I don't no. know what this is, but... I would have guessed like... It's silky smooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the coffee. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, you need a... Dr- Jamie plays drums. I know, man. Right? Yeah, I need somebody like that. Um, yeah. Um, Maybe I can get the bear to do it. I can give you the quick how Glenn got to Central Yeah, please. Um, when I graduated high school, I said, I'm going to go to the farthest play, place away from Long Island. Hmm. Um, I judged my finances and I said, Hey, SUNY school. I went to SUNY Plattsburgh. Nice. And, um, I ended up living up on Lake Champlain, going to school, then stopped going to school. And I bartended, I cooked in restaurants and I did hmm. that for eight, 10 years. And I was getting a little older and a little tired. And I still like the fishing though, and being on the water every day, but I decided to go back to school. And that kind of brought me down to, uh, Another decision where I said, all right, I can go to SUNY IT, which is now SUNY Polytech, I believe, mm. over in Utica, or I got into NYU. And okay. I, said, I did the math on NYU. I like, if I go to NYU, this is how much it's going to cost me for an apartment. This is how much it's going to cost me to live. Mm. And I was almost 30 years old then. I was like, I don't want to go in that much debt. Yeah. I'm going to go to SUNY IT. And then I ended up falling into mm. uh, some tech jobs and in industry and kind of ended up you know, moving out slowly towards Syracuse with a stop in Rome and then a stop. Well, now I live out by Syracuse. Yeah. And uh, hmm. that brought me here from yeah. Long Island. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Long Island, man. That's wild. It was a so, wonderful place to grow up. Yeah. Oh, I, man, I enjoyed yeah. it. it. was, You know, I, I, it sounds funny, but behind my house was hundreds of acres of woods. Yeah. And so I got to do my running around out there, but I could hop on the Long Island Railroad in 40 minutes, be in New York City. And, hmm. you know, back then, you know, parents had a different way and maybe more trusting world or safer world. And I was able to 13 years old. I was running streets in New York city, going down, you know, to, uh, South, well, the seaport. And I was going up through Chinatown. I'd walk all the hmm. way back up Penn station and come home. You know, I, that's wild. Yeah. It was, it was fun. Yeah. A lot of culture, a lot of different things to open your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like what are some of the, is there like stuff from that, like running around New York as a teenager that you kind of still, you know, remember or take with you from today or from take um, with you today from then? I liked all the different things I could find in New York city. Yeah. And so, you know, 
just like I don't drink the same coffee every day, nor mm-hmm. would I ever. I, I, actually, I guess I could say I would encourage everybody to try every type of coffee. Mm-hmm. Why stay on um, one thing? The only exceptions to the rules are New York pizza. That <laughs> you find your guy, you go with it. But yeah. every, there's so much, there's so many different cultures in New York City. So many different types of food. I, I just tried everything. Yeah. You know, I got exposure. Mm-hmm. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. Now I'm a little bit older and crotchety, so <laughs> I'm starting to fall into routines. But you young people, man, you, you try try everything. <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm, I'm definitely more of a routine person myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not as much as my wife. Um, but I, you know, Rebecca is, um, she likes to kind of stick with what, you know, there is, but, um, yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I I don't really get too much, too much out of, uh, my routine with certain things, which sucks for the Instagram account. Cause like, I'm like, uh, there'll be like a month where I go to Kasai Ramen like twice a day, like twice a week for lunch. We went there the other day. We really enjoyed uh, it for dinner. Yeah, yeah, isn't that great, man? Yeah, no, I, I like it. It's, it's different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, so you're not like an obsessive person when it comes to it. Just kind of like a tinkering around and figuring out what works and what you like when you're first getting started for coffee or yeah. in a big, back then. Yeah, yeah. I just I roast what I like. I, I still kind of keep that. What yeah. my girlfriend said, she's like. We know we roast, we like selfish roast, or I do. Yeah. You know, if somebody's like, I don't usually go too light on coffee. It's just not my preference. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, I'll play with it. I stopped out at a roaster out in Saratoga. He had a really light Kenyan. And I'm like, you know, mm. it's not my cup of coffee, but I, I liked it. So what I do, as soon as I got back, I took one of my Kenyans and I roasted it mm. light. And I, <laughs> you know, I didn't achieve the same coffee as him. It was different beans, so on and so on, different styles. Yeah. And I liked it. And I'm sure there's people who would like it, but it's not my cup of coffee. Yeah. So... And yeah. there's plenty of people who go light and they believe in light. And, you know, I'm a more of a medium guy. There's people who love their dark coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's where there's so many opportunities in coffee to go so many different ways and express yourself. And yeah, roast yeah. what you like. Yeah, man. There's tons of people in the world. And we were talking, I'm not sure if in a podcast or earlier, about how big the coffee industry is. It's yeah. the second or third biggest commodity in the world. I listened to another podcast and they said, you know, especially coffee industries, I want to say something like only 2% or maybe maybe 10%. Of all coffee, yeah. So there's room to grow. Yeah, yeah. I, I I believe that there is. I I can get that. I just wish that there was something. I was talking to Matt on the podcast on his episode about this, and we kind of did it the other night. But I'm really, I just, I miss the like coffee shops of like the late '90s, early 2000s. Now I'm too young to have like full, like actually experienced being in a coffee shop in the late '90s. Yeah, I'm 33, but like, even like, if you go back to like the old movies, like, do you ever see, uh, so I married an ax murder a long time. Yeah, man. That was with the woman, right? With Mike Myers. And, um, oh, I forget the actress's name, the blonde woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike and, Myers was, and I forgot about that. Yeah. He was like the main character and like the, fir- the opening scene is like, um, this and they're in San Francisco, so it's a little bit different, but the opening scene is like they're in this coffee shop and he's like up on stage um, uh, or he goes on stage and does like, it's like an open mic night, but for poetry, mm-hmm. you know? And like, he like gets up there and does this poem and then people are like snapping their finger, you know? So it's like beatnik shit, right? A little <laughs> bit, but uh, just <laughs> like that fucking coffee house experience of like people hanging out there late at night a place where everybody knows your name. Yeah, man. Yeah, you, know, you might be able to watch some cheers. You'll be all right. <laughs> no, yeah. I, 
I just started. I used to watch that. I used to watch Cheers, uh, Frasier, and Mash with my dad. Back. I still watch Frasier. Yeah, Frasier's a great show. It's my go to sleep. Yeah. Like you go to. <laughs> yeah. We. Um, I went to a coffee shop years ago, and when I was a teenager, and ordered a. Uh, cappuccino line on the foam and just a whisper of cinnamon like niles does on the show mm-hmm. and uh nobody in the nobody got it. yeah nobody got it yeah um but like i met i i wish that there was like a coffee house maybe it's the culture maybe it's just, i don't know what it is but i just wish there was a coffee shop that was like like that open late night um kind of have that place for musicians I know and artists a few that do it oh really um there's one up in plattsburgh new york that they do a lot of music there and so on. Mm. Uh, I'm a big fan of live music. Like I'd rather yeah. listen to bad live music than anything recorded. <laughs> like it's just a feel, it's fun, Real, energy. Yeah. Um, I, I just appreciate people, you know, performing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know of anybody around here that really keeps it open later. No, we just did a open mic night uh, the other night at one of the cafes and I felt bad for the person because the uh, artist, because we found out she could do it like the day before. Mm-hmm. And it was just an hour long gig, but nobody showed up to it because we had no time to really tell anybody about it. Uh, but she did a great job. And even though it was like five to six, I was just sitting there. I'm thinking, man, like it would be really amazing if it was like nine o'clock right now. And we were able to do something like this, you know, have a late night thing that popped up. I agree. Um, you know, you can only go out to the bar every night, so many yeah. nights and having other opportunities to go, um, have a good, for me, I'm older. I need a good cup of decaf. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't drink uh, caffeine after about one or two if I want to go to bed that night. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. It's just funny. I used to fall asleep with coffee in my hand, but the older I get, yeah. uh, the earlier I have to cut back my coffee <laughs> consumption. Uh, there's, what would you say would be the live, best live music venue around town? Oh, geez. Um, it's a loaded question. I have one in my mind. Yeah, I was thinking, like, if I'm thinking in Syracuse, it's probably um, Funkin' Waffles. Okay, yep. I yep. was going to say the Westcott, but, you know, I'm 33, and standing on, like, a slant all night hurts my back. So, <laughs> uh, For me, the and it's conveniently located, is The Ridge. Oh, yeah, man. She, uh, Melinda is the owner, and uh, yeah. she does a lot of live music. We actually, they had their last tribute, Woodstock tribute this summer. We went and served some coffee out oh, there. Cool. I, it was just an opportunity to meet people and listen to music. It was great. Yeah. They, and they push a lot of live music, and it's yeah. a nice little like location. It's out of town to get your way in a country. Yeah. And I forgot um, about the Ridge for music. I, I think of the Ridge for Chance in the restaurant, you know? Okay. Yeah, I completely forget about them. They have that huge, huge property out there. They have a golf course that yeah. does now just property. Um, she's, I believe it's her sister, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. owns, or both of the sisters founded uh, Clear Path for Veterans Oh, cool! out there. And they oh, do all wow. kinds of you know services for veterans, and they're, they're right next door to each other. So hmm. I'm assuming they oh, that's awesome. go forth. I found out about Clear Path just because uh, they do service dogs okay. for veterans. And I remember just being out and about in town, and yeah. like, here's these dogs. And I got I always have questions about dogs. I'm a dog lover. I have a couple okay. German Shepherds. Oh, cool. And uh, that's how I found out about Clear Path. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I think it was... Uh, Bacon and Bourbon is their big, other big festival during the summer. Okay, yeah. Which, I mean, those are, those yeah. are things that are close <laughs> to the heart. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, man. That's a great location. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I would definitely go there. Yeah, for sure. And I do to go there. Yeah. I got to judge. Uh, I got to be one of the three judges in, like, a uh, chef cook-off thing that they did out mm-hmm. there. 
and uh, last winter, and that was a good time, man. And, ch- and like Chance, who you know is the chef at the restaurant out there, uh, does some absolutely amazing work. That guy's super freaking talented. I enjoy everything I go out there and eat. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's really good. And it's just such a gorgeous restaurant. I mean, that huge fire pit right there. And... I love the funnel. Yeah. Yep. It's very uh, 70s, 80s, kind of yeah. like Mark and Mindy-ish in no right. sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, here's... <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Definitely my kind of fireplace. Yeah, for sure. That that place would also make a killer coffee shop. Imagine having that place as like a coffee shop. That would be the exact opposite of a downtown cafe. Yeah, fuck yeah. I, I'd be curious. I don't have the funds to take yeah, that kind of I risk. Know. But if there is some you know angel investor who wants to open yeah. up a beautiful coffee house. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I um. Yeah, I don't know. I think that'd be cool. Um, it would be. I, I mean, if it was, if that was a coffee shop, I'd go get coffee. That would be my go-to place oh, to bring yeah. my laptop and chill out. Yeah. Yeah. I just, so like for me, specialty coffee is just, at least in the area, has just changed where like, and maybe it is, and not just like one shop or anything like that, but I, I just feel like it's gone from kind of like that place where people went, you know, and people still go there and hang out and work and whatever. But like that place that people went and to like, now it's just kind of like, something that you know has the coffee i guess you know i remember going to cafe 407 back in like the mm-hmm. you know earlier 2000s you know 2008 2009 um maybe it was 10 whatever it was uh and i'd sit there for like two or three hours and just have two or three hour long meetings or conversations hang out with friends you know and just sit there and get coffee and you know yeah, man, I just wish that stuff would come back. They used to have musicians all the time. Do we believe in the cell phones? Everybody's just still glued uh, to their cell phones. So like a social event now is you go to a coffee shop and four of us will sit there and just look at our phones. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite a possibility. I mean, you're a tech person. How do you feel, right? So like, uh, how do you feel technology has, do you feel technology has bettered society or worsened society? I think it's done a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, there's a, I don't know the name. It's Charlie Chaplin, and like one of the first films he talked about, he made a speech. It's like the first thing he did, and I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, and he says technology has, I'm going to butcher this quote, but it's something about how technology has brought us closer together but made us further apart. Mm. And um, it's a great speech to listen to. It's, I, I find mm. it, you know, his skills when he talked were excellent. The yeah. speech was excellent. Um, I think the movie was called The Great Dictator. Okay. It was a playoff of, uh, it was, I think it was done prior to World War II hmm. to kind of point out that kind of thing. And again, take it all with a grain of salt. I've got something right in there. Please <laughs> Google it. We all have our phones pricing in a coffee shop. Listen to yeah. this podcast, looking at our phone. <laughs> Google it. Yeah. But definitely, yeah. you know, it enables, it enables society a lot. Yeah, for sure. But I remember I'm older than you and growing up and I didn't have a cell phone. Then my, you know, mm-hmm. my early mid twenties, I think I had a Motorola flip phone. Yeah. Um, which I'm kind of interested to see when they come out with that new one. Yeah. You know, go back, go back to old school. <laughs> I just, I think it was a Starcom or something like that. Yeah. I remember the orange screen, monochrome screen. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, people just need to balance technology just like they balance their alcohol, balance their party and balance their life. Yeah. You know, just don't get sucked into it. There's, there's a whole wonderful world out here. Yeah. yeah make, man. make content for the internet. Now you're yeah. out doing it <laughs> yeah. and you're putting it out to the <clears throat> other people who want to watch it. That's a, that's almost a disease though, is to be a content creator, man. That that's sucks. 
Yeah, I watch a bunch of these YouTube guys, man. They drive hard. I don't yeah. I don't know the they seem to be able to live their life, but yeah. With any job, right? The greatest job in the world. I used to be a bartender. People are like, Oh, you have the greatest job ever. All right. And after you do it, you know, four, five, six nights a week and you're grinding it away and you're doing it for years, it's just a job you grind at. Now granted, yeah. bartending is fun, but it's still a job, it's still a grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of ruined me for bars and <laughs> you know, I used to basically work behind bars. I drank for free. Yeah. I never had to wait for a drink. They were always poured right. You know, nowadays I'm, I'm just an old guy and like, nobody pays attention to me. Right. I go to the bar. I got to wait. It's under poured. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not even going to bars anymore. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we, I've never been a huge bar person, but Rebecca and I lately have been going to the change of pace, which is near the house. And, uh, it's on the North side. They're known for like really great chicken wings. Okay. And uh, I've been told, I don't know if it's true, but I've been told that he buys his chicken wings from a local farmer somewhere. Uh, I do not know. Yeah, which would be pretty interesting if he did. But anyways, it's just like the like the quintessential dive bar. So we go there and hang out sometimes, and that's, that's fun. But we always just drink beer. Beer? Nothing wrong with More beer. More beer you drink, the better the chicken wings are, right? Yeah, Worst exactly. Case scenario. Yeah, man. I got my few wing spots around town. And yeah. yeah. I like shifties. Yeah. You know, oddly enough, I haven't been there. Really? Yeah. Uh, Mondays is like wing day. It's really? It's a good day to go get a bucket of wings and yeah. sit down and get your wing on. I'll have to check that out, man. Yeah, maybe this Monday because Rebecca's going to be out of town. Yeah. All right. Well, where can people find you guys? So right now, uh, we're at the Fayetteville Farmer's Market, which is currently every other Thursday. Cool. Out by Fayetteville Town Center. Um, when warmer weather comes, it'll be every week out there. Uh, we're open Saturdays to the public, uh, 11 to 4, over in Manlius by, um, on Brickyard Falls Road. Okay. Google us. Yeah. Uh, we have a... Currently, we're looking at... Uh, well, I just got a bigger roaster. We're mm-hmm. looking at potentially growing our roastery space out. We're potentially looking at cafes to open. Um, yeah. We're kind of looking at expanding. That's uh, awesome. We're taking our time. We're in no rush. We have a five-year plan, and That's we cool. don't want to go too fast. Yeah. We have a 10-year plan. Hmm. Um, but right now order online, come see us on a Saturday. Um, if you're somewhat close to us, we'll even drop it off at your house. You can, we'll ship. That's awesome. Um, watch us on Instagram and Facebook. We announced when we're do- doing events. Yeah. We did the, um, the events over where I saw you over at the oh, yeah. Um, how was I, that for you guys? It was, I, I love it. Cause I just got to talk to a bunch of people. Yeah. That's um, cool. It, you know, I, I guess maybe I, as a, well, I'm just a roaster. My girlfriend's going to cringe when she hears that. Cause, you know, my, my business card says, Glenn, I roast the beans. Yeah. And uh, whenever it's a decision, I'm like, I just roast coffee. I don't know anything about this stuff. And uh, I had fun. Yeah. Um, I don't look at the numbers. Yeah. Right. And, That's cool. Well, it's cool for now, right? Someday I got to pay more attention. But now I'm just having fun with coffee. That's great, man. Yeah. And. I don't have a corporate overlord for the, well, I have my girlfriend, but I don't have a corporate overlord yeah. for the coffee company. Yeah. And, um, we have a lot of fun. We, we get along very well and we get to spend time doing something together and helping her grow the company is it's, it's fun for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I really wish I could like, I'm the type of like, I'm a, I, if I get something in my head, I obsess over it. And so, um, Eat Local CNY, uh, we have Eat Local Rockland, which my brother lives down there in Rockland County. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we started that uh, in the spring, and that's, like, minuscule. He's married, four kids, him and his wife work full-time jobs, so, like, they don't have uh, as much time to, like, run around and, like, hit up a bunch of restaurants. Right. And so it hasn't done, as, it hasn't grown as much. Um, but anyways, 
we're thinking about um, that card expires into this month, so we're going to start the new one. And we're thinking about doing Eat Local New York. Kind of my my plan has always been to have like Eat Local CMY, Eat Local Buffalo, Rochester, Albany, and like do separate entities, you know. Mm-hmm. But now we're thinking um, it's such a simple idea, but uh, it just dawned on us last week of doing Eat Local New York. So we, you have one card. You can use anywhere that there's a restaurant. If you're in right. New York City, if you're in Buffalo, if you're in Syracuse, wherever. Um, it kind of gives you destinations. Yeah. Right? You know, people sometimes, I believe, just sit around like, where, where should we go? Where should we go? I, you know, I'm not the best at making decisions sometimes. And I just don't know. I don't know. And then some days I just don't go anywhere. Yeah. But, hey, I have this. I have the local card. I'm like, you know what? Let's just drive out to Rochester today. Or, yeah. you know, let's go hardcore. We'll go out to Buffalo and let's go get something here. Yeah. And it's just ability to try everything. And it. it it's kind of like a quick list of places, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping it like helps with like some tourism of people are going into an area from, you know, I think just Syracuse, if somebody's coming up from the city or from Buffalo or mm-hmm. wherever they're coming to Syracuse, then, you know, maybe they have their card and now they're going to look and see, you know, who's I think on so. It. Yeah. So I say all that to say, so we're, we're going to launch that here in like the next month or so, but now I'm consumed with that. And then I'm consumed with like, well, what else could we do for restaurant owners? Like, because I ha- well, they'll, they'll contact me and ask me stuff I don't know anything about. And so my wife had suggested it like a month or so ago. She's like, you should get your real estate license. And I was like, she's like, you might be good at that. And uh, I don't want to do that as a career. And um, but I was like, yeah, I could probably do that. And I was like, maybe I would just like now if a restaurant owner needs advice on real estate or help with anything, I, if I have my license, I could help them with it. And, uh, so I, now I'm obsessed with getting my real estate license. Yesterday I bought the course to like take like the official <laughs> course online. I've talked to like 10 people over the past two days, but I obsess over stuff. If like, if I get interested in it now, that's all I do until I've like done something with it. I get limited, limitedly obsessed. Like I'll, I'll focus on something for a while. Then I'll move on to something else. Once mm-hmm. I feel like, Hey, I got an idea of what this is, is, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. So, you know, um, the coffee, it's not going to go there. I've drank coffee my whole life and yeah. I, I like it. Yeah. And I enjoy it. And I get to read about different origins and I'll, that's kind of, I guess, a little obsession. Whenever I find a coffee from a different farm or a different part of a country, I just start Googling around and see what it's like. Life mm-hmm. is around there and that's cool. And just checking it out. Um, yeah. sometime soon, hopefully we'll be doing some origin trips mm-hmm. and, uh, that's cool. For no other purpose than, you know, I guess what you call coffee ecotourism. Yeah, that's awesome. Right? Man. And yeah. just go check it out. I'd like to see everything, the whole process. That's cool. You know, you should never be complacent in life. You should always try to learn new things. And when you're an obsessive person like yourself and partially <laughs> like me, it's easy to find new things. Like the shiny object comes along, you're like, I got to learn about this. Yeah, and, right. You know, yeah. Yeah, uh, my man. goal is not to get in that nine to five grind of life and yeah. forget about living it. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's something to be aware of. Everybody should be... Yeah, man. Well, Glenn, thanks so much for coming no, down you. here on a Saturday, man. And yeah. Oh, it's been fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, my friend's jealous. He's like, oh, my, I sent him a message when I was driving out here. I said, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. He's like, oh, man, I'm jealous. That's <laughs> on my bucket list. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But, hey, yeah. I crossed that one off. Yeah, there one you go. One step man. closer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Everybody go check out the Cracked Bean Roastery. Well, thank you.
Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the Local CMY podcast. Again, do me a huge favor. Hit that subscribe button. Leave me a review. Let me know what you think of the Local CMY podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, TikTok, and LinkedIn. Or find us online at eatlocalcny.com. Thanks so much. We're going to catch you at the next episode. Staking all the time You've gone so far But they know it inside and I know how it feels To be lonesome I spend most of my days Having no Dreaming you were out there shining in the sun Lonely soul hoping that they find someone Baby, I hope I find you Hoping that they find some